This is the Dave Logan Podcast. Welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman. This is podcast number 43. Yes. And in case I have failed to say this in the recent episodes, thank you very much for tuning in, for downloading. We appreciate that. We have seen steady growth yeah. over our uh, uh, new podcast, mm-hmm. so we appreciate you. Yep. Thank you for downloading and subscribing yep. and all that good stuff. Getting tired of this Zoom stuff, to tell you the truth, but... Uh, there are other things going on in the world that I'm equally fatigued with. So I guess we'll just put up with Zoom as long as we have to. You know, at least we're not Todd Davis right now. Is that a terrible segue? You, you, in other words, you would say better to put up with Zoom than with a pool calf? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Todd Davis and KJ Hamler for the Broncos. Hamler, a hamstring pull. They say a couple of weeks. It must be a fairly significant pull for them to already come out and say two weeks. For a wide receiver, because normally speaking, if you just sort of aggravate a hamstring, and I did that several times during my NFL career, then you're just listed as day-to-day. But missing two weeks, I'm sure they've uh, they've heard from the medical staff, and they're, they're a little concerned about that. So that's tough, because as a rookie, I mean, you obviously need all the reps you can get, especially with no preseason games. Yeah, such a Davis year. had a calf strain, bad one last year. In training camp. So I, I'm not sure if it's the same leg, but it, it would be problematic, certainly, if it is. That was what uh, was being reported coming out of today's practice. So we don't have a ton of specifics on it, but Todd Davis is interesting. I know he said he wanted to be, he just came out and talked to reporters and said he wanted to be one of the best linebackers out there. When healthy, can he? He does a lot of good things uh, for the team. I, I, first of all, I, I like him personally. I've gotten to know him over mm-hmm. good dude. since he's been here. Really good dude. Family guy gets it he's he's not one of those air quote pampered athletes he I mean, he gets it that said i think that i mean todd's strength and he he would admit this is the running game uh where we have seen him run into difficulties is when teams can either by scheme uh formation movement what have you isolate you know receivers on him um and He's not the only linebacker in the league that has difficulty covering backs and tight ends. But now with, with where the league is, and they basically turned into a passing league, um, you got to have linebackers that, I mean, size really used to be to play an odd man front and the two inside linebackers. You wanted both those guys uh, north of 240, 245, because they were taken on guards more times than not because the league was – I won't say predominantly, but it was more centered on the run than it is now. Nowadays, you're seeing inside linebackers that were safeties in college. You're seeing guys play in the league inside that are 220, 225 pounds, but they've got to be able to run. So that's the challenge for Todd. And even if you, I mean, listen, you you can't necessarily transform your body. He's a big, strong dude. But now he's played long enough where you know you know where your strengths are and your weaknesses and so you just by how you position your body and understanding what a team based on what you see before the ball snapped is trying to do to you and where the weakness of whatever particular coverage you have called where that is and so you can you can play with those things in mind so you know there are some people that think this this will be Todd Davis's last year 
with the Broncos. And I, I would say that is possible. Um, not that he's not a good player, but he's making pretty good money by NFL standards. And uh, I'm not sure how the Broncos would view him on a long-term basis. Speaking of strengths and weaknesses, injuries are part of training camp, no matter what a training camp looks like. If there's a position that could least afford an injury to a starter, I'm going to take offensive line out of this because we know this. Quarterback. Okay. Besides, Something happens to Drew Locke. Yeah. Uh, you, can you throw? Uh, not really. Well, then you're a candidate. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. what you think of Jeff Driscoll? Well, no. I mean, Jeff Driscoll's a really good athlete. I'm not cracking on him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, let's just be real about this. If Jeff Driscoll has to start for the Broncos for 12, 13, 14, 15 games, yeah. it's going to be a tough, tough season. I mean, that's, I'm not, that is not a personal shot. I know how hard this game is. And I have appreciation of that. But let's just say the Broncos want to do everything they can to keep Drew Locke upright. Speaking of that, we talked about this last podcast or the one before that talking about who's playing center. I think maybe other people in the media thought it was going to be Lloyd Cushenberry just because of where he was taken in the draft. But what we've seen doesn't really look like that. Too early for me to tell. He has, Cushenberry has run with the ones a little bit. You know, Austin Schlopman is a guy that I know they like. Uh, he's he's, he's got most of the ones. He's had right? some reps. Yeah. Yep. Smart player. Uh, gives you good size. I mean, Cushenberry's a third-round draft choice, so ideally, um, I mean, you don't come into camp as a third-round draft choice, even with a position that is wide open, and just sort of get penciled in. Right. You have to earn that. I mean, it's, it's been similar to what Jerry Judy has experienced, and I know there's some people, media people in in Denver that uh, say, "Listen, you drafted the guy number 15 in the first round. Why is he not running first team? Why is Tim Patrick listed ahead of him?" Um, I think Judy eventually will be the starter, but that's just how the league is. And for these people, and I hear ex players talking about, you should just basically he earned this job at Alabama. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. This job here? He yeah, he earned Alabama? the starting job with the oh. Broncos at Alabama. No. He did not. He earned the right to be picked in the first round and picked highly. And do the Broncos expect him to be the starter? Absolutely. Will they be disappointed? Would I be disappointed if Tim Patrick were the starter for 16 games and Jerry Judy played in the slot? Yes, I would. But I'm surprised at some ex-players that think, you know, based on what you did in college – that just means you walk in day one as a starter because you were drafted that high? To me, I mean, everybody entitled to their opinion. That's just not how the league works. And that is not because I'm an old school advocate or because Vic Fangio is old school. That just, I mean, pretty much how the league works. So I think Judy will be the starter. But I think they're they're letting Patrick get some reps. Uh, I think now with the injury to Hamler, um, you know, Judy probably will continue to get reps at slot, which he has. Um, and maybe, who else? Maybe a guy like Deshaun Hamilton gets a bit of a reprisal with Hamler's injury because, I mean, Deshaun Hamilton has been a big disappointment save the last handful of games last year. He has been just absent in terms of his productivity. Too many footballs on the ground. That would be the one thing about uh, Deshaun that I see, I, I think, you know, I've watched him run routes, pretty good route runner. Um, not the fastest guy in the world, but fast enough to be a productive player, but you've got to be a ball catching Jesse 
um, if you're going to play in the NFL today, and he's he's just had too many footballs on the ground. Do you think you're harder on wide receivers because you played wide receiver? Um, I think I view the position differently. I think I, I mean, I think I know what I'm looking for in terms of a big time player. And I think because the game has changed from when I played back in the seventies and eighties, mid seventies to mid eighties, um, it was, it was predominantly a running league, right? And I've said this before, we were the first team, the Cleveland Browns that had five receivers on the same team that had more than 50 catches in a single season. So I think the Browns and the Chargers back then were the two teams that sort of did things differently than the rest of the league. We threw the ball to set up the run. Other teams did it uh, in in the opposite fashion. But nowadays, the ball's in the air so much that I think we've lost um, we've lost the sense of urgency of making every single catch. Uh, and again, this is kind of like get off my grass sort of thing with me but I mean you would if you didn't catch a ball that was thrown to you back then you might go a half and never see another pass I feel like Peyton Manning would have done that right the the great quarterbacks will because Mm -hmm. they have to develop a trust level with that receiver there has to be a sense of urgency with these guys and I just see the ball on the ground from some of them way too much if I were their receiver coach I mean I would that that one thing, taking pride in your ability to catch the ball in traffic, making contested catches, right? I mean, anybody can go out and run routes, and if you're wide open, catch the ball. That, that there's there's guys walking the streets of every American city today that have that kind of ability. But what separates wide receivers, in my mind, is your ability to catch contested passes, make tough catches, catch the ball in traffic when there's a price to be paid. And you have to, figuratively speaking, be willing to sell your soul when a ball is in the air to come down with the ball. There has to be that uh, level of pride, level of accountability. And you go across the middle, and it's not like it used to be. But when that ball's in the air and you know there's going to be a price to be paid. You got to go get it. And there's some guys today in football that do, but there are too many young guys that you drop a ball, you kind of shake it off. You know, that has changed because they still get opportunities. But what has not changed is coaches that call plays, especially for young guys, lose confidence in you if you drop the ball more than just a couple of times in practice during the entire training camp. And some of these young cats, they don't seem to understand that. Do we have anybody on the Broncos that is willing to sell his soul, or are these guys just too young to even know that yet? No, I pretty young. No, nah, I think they're. I think I think you. And listen, Cortland Sutton, I think, has a tremendous work ethic and mindset uh, and skill set. Um, so I like Cortland. I think he. I mean, I think he can get better. But I think I think Cortland Sutton he made the Pro Bowl last year. I think he's a Pro Bowl quality receiver, and he's only going into his third year. I mean, I'll use an example of Noah Fant, even though he's not a wide receiver, he's a tight end. Um, and I'm going to attribute some of this to being a rookie. He had 40 catches last year, which, you know, you look at that number, you say, hmm, pretty good year. But ball's on the ground too much. So what I want to see from Noah Fant this year is his ability to adjust to a football in the air and then be able to catch it, right? I mean, be able to come down 
with catches. And we, we, you know, I say we, he just had too many drops last year. And I think that's something, uh, and I've heard him talk about that. That's something that he's worked on in the off season. I do think you can improve in that area. I think, I think if you're a natural ball catcher, there's a God given ability that you have. Now you can increase it. You can work at it, but you have to do so with intention. You have to all sorts of ball catching drills. And I, I think the wide receiver coach for the Broncos, Zach Azani, I think is a really good position coach. I see those guys all the time at practice. They're on the jugs machine. They're always catching the ball. You just have to make catches at critical times on Sunday when you, maybe not this year, but when you have 80,000 people in the stands and it's third and eight and you're playing in Kansas city and it, if if you make a catch, the drive continues, which means Patrick Mahomes stays off the field. Mm-hmm. You got to make that catch, right? It changes outcomes of games, and that's the mindset I think that receivers have to have. Such a weird training camp. It's been hard, I know, for everybody to get down there and being allowed down there. What storylines are you most interested in that are starting to emerge? Oh gosh, um, just the whole pandemic. <laughs> all the, you know, listen, all this whole year, that'll be the storyline. All the adjustments that NFL teams and players and coaches and front office, I mean, all the people that are there on a daily basis, all the adjustments that they have had to make. And how do, how do teams uh, go about playing in stadiums that will be either entirely empty or virtually empty? The, the juice, the juice factor, which in the NFL is, is even greater than baseball, it's greater than basketball. Um, but it won't be there this year. And how teams adjust to that, especially, well, no, I think road and home teams. I mean, the crowd, the home crowd can lift you up at times that you're certain you are physically almost completely spent. And when the crowd provides that sort of lift, then you're able to... to you know, do things and call upon uh, yourself to do things that you just physically didn't think possible. All that's going to be gone right. for Nobody's home teams this that. year, right? Did you see, I think there was a report that Kansas City, they. so I guess it's up to each team because they're in different states yep. and different laws, that Kansas City wanted to have like a 22% capacity. Yep. They'll is, open up They'll open up on Thursday night uh, against the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, I've played at Arrowhead. I've called many games at Arrowhead. It, it is one of the loudest venues in the NFL. So if you if you put 22,000 people in, it's going to be better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But I think road teams this year in the NFL, if you're in Vegas or you're, uh, you know, maybe you've got DraftKings, right, sportsbook app, road teams to me are a pretty significant play. I'll just – Leave it at that. So, back by popular demand, we are going to play some Family Feud. Whose popular demand are we referring to? Grant. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> Grant thought it was funny. Is that is that right? But I'm going to play you something from years ago when a former NFL player played Family Feud. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know the game Family Feud. I even remember it with Richard Dawson. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. We're... Kind of, well, actually, we're not the same age range. Never mind. Well, we're close. (laughs) Chronologically, we're closer than people would know. I think you need to stay tuned for what's about to happen. The 
Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com, go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at Julie Brownman one. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman with you. Very happy to once again talk about uh, orthodontic specialist, Dr. Wojtek Bobek. Really great doc. As you know, it's that time of year. Parents are thinking about getting braces for their children. Of course, if they go back to school, maybe braces for yourself. And so let us highly suggest a visit to see Dr. Bobak and his staff. He uses state-of-the-art digital radiography and a 3D technology to give you or your child a smile that you're going to be proud of. Dr. Bobak also realizes that orthodontics can be a bit pricey, right? So he only uses what scientific clinical research has shown to be significantly effective. Believe it or not, a lot of the fancy braces and some of the treatment devices that have been promoted in orthodontics have not shown to be effective. It's simply costlier for the patient's family. And of course, that's a big, big deal these days. And so kudos to Dr. Bobak for uh, for doing it this way. He takes all insurances, and that includes CHP Plus and Medicaid, three convenient locations, one in Lakewood, also in Thornton and Aurora. Uh, we actually stopped out about a month and a half ago to his office in Lakewood. Fun, relaxing environment, TVs to watch, music to listen to. They even have a massage chair for the parents to hang out in while waiting during their child's visit. And also, let us tell you that you can be assured Dr. Bobak has implemented all the measures recommended by the CDC and American Dental Association, and that includes patient questionnaires. They give you a temperature check, the use of face shields and N95 masks, and of course, a spotless office. And if you mention you heard Dr. Bobak on our podcast, how about this? You get a $500 discount on a full set of braces or Invisalign. So, parents, if you've been thinking about doing this for your kids, now is the perfect time to check out Dr. Bobak at bobakortho.com. That's B-O-B-A-K-ortho.com. Or if you prefer, call 303-988-0844. Again, 303-988-0844. That's bobakortho.com. And smile like you mean it. Talking a little Broncos football training camp in in full swing. No preseason games. First game, uh, and I believe they will play September 14th, Monday night from Power Field at Mile High. No word, by the way, whether fans will be allowed in or not, but we will be there broadcasting the game. Does Rick know that he's not, he might be outside yet? He does. He does. He, He knows that there's a chance, and we both know there's still a chance we won't travel with the team. Yeah. There's a chance I will travel and he won't. There's a chance neither of us will go. The league right now, honestly, is is not, uh, you know, telling their teams much of anything with respect to that. So the team is preparing as best they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been told that we think we're going to be able to – normally we travel with a five-person crew. We fly with the Broncos, which is nice because after the game we go right from the – the the stadium to the airport and get on the plane and come home. Right. Um, but I've been told no way we get five this year, maybe two outside possibility of three. So other than that, I just would, I would 
tell the audience what the team is telling me. Stay tuned. Stay tuned because it always changes. Okay, yep. so we're going to pay a little family feud because Grant likes it. And I like to listen so to So Richard Grant. Dawson, who I grew up watching, now has been mm-hmm. replaced by maybe one of my two or three favorite comedians, Steve Harvey, correct? He's pretty funny, yeah. Love Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey is from Cleveland, by the way. Do you, have you ever met him? Uh, I have never met Steve Harvey. Oh, Grant, try and book Steve Harvey. See if you can hook that up, Grant. <laughs> okay, did you, before we play Family Food, do you remember You just this... called it Family Food. <laughs> I'm so hungry uh, is right there, now. Is there a Food Network? <laughs> do you watch the Food Network a lot? I don't. Do you? I have never watched a show on the Food Network, but during the pandemic, I've become a huge fan of Netflix. Oh, God, I know. What are you watching right now? Ozark. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm into the third season episode. I'm up to nine. Uh-huh. We are enjoying that. It is really well written. It is dark mm. for sure, but mm-hmm. uh, I won't say anything else. The next one, try it's on Netflix, Dead to Me. It's two two seasons. That's with... a good phrase for me. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel good right no, no, now. No, no, I, no. Okay. Well, I, don't, don't take it personally. Okay. Back to Family Feud. Yeah. Do you remember this episode with former NFL player Bruce Smith? If Captain Hook was moonlighting as a handyman, he might replace his hook with what tool? A hammer. Try again. A penis. Tell me the age a kid is too old to sleep with a test. What the f- you say? <laughs> That's one of the reasons I love Steve Harvey. He's just got great timing. He deadpans everything. How about what Bruce Smith said? Well... You're going to, I mean, I mean you've got to think of a body part, it right? It wasn't a body part. It was just, what would you put on the end of Captain Hook's hand? And that's what he put. Uh, well, uh, listen, I I have no idea then. I was trying to give Bruce an out, but I have no idea what the hell Bruce Smith was thinking of. Oh my God. And he God. said it, but the reaction from Steve Harvey was priceless. Yeah. Like, what the? Yeah, boy, they had to bleep him out. Okay, let's play a little bit of Family Feud. Whose idea was this again? Seriously, I just like to know. That we're doing this. I'm I'm in one location. Julie's in another. Yeah. And and Julie kind of sets all this up. I just want to know for the record, who the hell's idea was this? It was Grant because he said, "Hey, pretty soon you guys should do Family Feud or Cool or Not." Huh. Okay. Okay, Grant will testify to that. Uh, okay, name something people pick out of their bodies and study. Boogers. Oh, pick out of the body bodies and study. Yeah, that that's actually one of them. Uh, boogers counts. Who study? I know they pick them, but who studies boogers? You ever known anybody? You went to Kansas. Anybody from Come the University on. of when Kansas? You, were a kid, you looked. You went up there and then you looked. You don't at it. Stu- Well, is looking at is that constitute yes, study? I don't mean and looking at it. I don't mean. Oh, you, oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I I said boogers. Okay. Um, Got any more? This is from a real game, by the way, of Family Feud poop yes that's disgusting listen i hate to say it i'm not going to turn this podcast into one of these but there are plenty of people listening to this podcast right now driving down i don't know a highway wherever you might be listening that are nodding right now (laughs) that you have pooped and for whatever reason felt compelled to look at it before you flushed and that's the truth and you know it's the truth so i stick with poop Yeah, let's not get into that, but I was floored. Do you want to know some of the other ones? Sure. Earwax. Okay, I can see that. Belly button lint. Stuff that gets caught in your belly button. No, no. I've never done that. Better than poop. Nose hair. Wait, you you cut the nose hair and then look at it? I don't know. I don't have nose hair. Guys have nose hair. 
Yeah, why is that about? I mean, seriously, about guys. Guys, as they get a little bit older, start mm-hmm. to grow hair out of their nose and ears. <laughs> I mean, God created man, but what do you think He had in mind with that? Just so you know, it, women sometimes it happens on your chin. It's like not fair for some women. For some women, yeah. um, scab and then zits. yeah, yeah, scab. I can see. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get off of this. Good one. idea. Okay. Name something people are afraid of. We're still on this game? Yeah. Name something they're afraid of? Yeah. Uh, the devil? No, Dave, that might be you. Darkness? The dark. Okay. Okay. Well, wouldn't that be darkness? No, no, the dark is The dark is, the, is the, not... The dark and darkness in this particular you context... You said the devil. I, then I said darkness. Okay. And you said no. Dark... Are you drinking? No, are rewind. You, are you having a day drinking no, binge? No, no. Uh, okay, Second keep going. of last week, maybe. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What was the next keep one? Keep going. Oh, things that people are afraid of. Uh-huh. Um, scary movies? Nope. Uh, Doberman Pinchers? No, I think we're talking about Dave's afraid of. You think I'm the only person that would be <laughs> afraid of a Doberman? It's not on there. Um, spiders? You'd be afraid of a spider more than a Doberman Pinscher. Yeah, that's a great point. A Thank Doberman you. Pinscher. Thank um, you. What heights? Else? Yeah, heights. I, I, I'm not crazy about heights. Other people? I don't really. I don't get that. I'm not afraid of other people. I mean, uh, I like dogs more than people, generally speaking. You're not afraid of anybody? I can't think of anybody right now that I'd say, ooh, I'm, I'm fearful. I mean, who, who are you afraid of? Name one person right now you're afraid of. Sometimes you, ghosts. Yeah, I, I would. I listen. I respect ghosts. I think ghosts do exist. I talk to them and I say, you know what? You have no issues with me. I'm, I believe in you. The IRS. Well, only if you're not allowing people to see your tax return. Mm. Being alone. You're afraid of being alone. Some people are. Was this? Is this? We're, 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 I mean. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say that. Don't Were these all female contestants? You're such a jerk. I mean, most, I just have to tell you, that's not a shot at women. Most men are not afraid to be alone. That's a 100% are you afra- lie. That's a freaking 100% lie. You, you think guys, most men are afraid to be alone? A thousand percent. This is how you guys- You are a daytime drinker. This is how you, you've been married in relationships a long time. This is what you guys do. One relationship, hold on to that, to another- to another, and that to signifies another. to you, you that they're afraid. They're afraid to be alone. Totally. totally. Okay. Well, listen, I, I dispute that. And next week, I would like some form of confirmation from a marriage counselor. Okay. See if we can set that up. Uh, last one: their boss getting fired. People are people afraid are of. afraid of their boss. Their boss getting fired. Uh, that it would says be wishful for some people. People are afraid of their boss slash oh, or oh, getting fired. They're, they're yeah. afraid of their boss or getting fired. Yeah. I, listen. I mean, I, I've been on a radio station back in the late 80s when I first began my career that uh, at 1 o'clock one afternoon, I was doing the 4 o'clock show. They just turned the radio station off. In fact, the show that was on the air was a, was a call-in show. Mm-hmm. And the host, I'll not name, said, hey, we're going to be back. And I'll name the station on KNUS right after the top of the hour news. There were callers online waiting. They never came back. The show never came back. It went to music. It went to a musical format immediately. So I've been 
I've been part of a station that the entire station got fired. What's your best, the greatest lesson for people that are losing their jobs Yep. about that? Keep the faith and don't ever underestimate your ability to create something of value that maybe you had not ever thought about before because you had no need to do so. You just explained the reason I'm doing a podcast. Well, you you have a job. No, I do. I, I mean, know. I don't know how long you'll have it, but you have one now. That's very nice of you. Should we end this podcast now? I think that's probably a good idea. All right, well.